Welcome to Kindly Gifted. I'm your host, Kate Tarantiva, and I can't wait to unwrap the world of influence with you. Every day, your gifted episodes, see what I did there, to help you become fluent in the business of creativity and learn the best kept industry secrets to creating an online presence worth remembering. It's really like having a momager on speed dial. So let's dive into it. It's honestly surprising that it's taken me this long to make an episode about pitching. I really don't know why. I think, well, I'm thinking about what ultimately made me like make this episode and I'm currently going through a huge pitching cycle right now. So I, I think that's what ultimately triggered me to record this. But as an art director, this is a huge part of my job. <laughs> it also happens to be my personal favorite, which can sound a little crazy to some people. So that's why I'm kind of surprised why I didn't do this earlier. But regardless, here we are. Um, By the way, the pitching advice I'm going to be talking about here is not related to cold pitching. I have another episode on that, creatively named Cold Pitching 101. (laughs) So if you're interested in cold pitching, look look for that. Um, This is about warm pitching. It's what I like to call it. I don't know if it's a real industry term. It is now. Um which refers to a pitching relationship where the person that you're pitching to is aware that they're going to be pitched to and they have agreed to being pitched to. Cold pitching is the complete opposite of that. So when I say advice about pitching, most of the time it's it's industry specific. And right now, if that industry just so happens to be tech um, or it's like sector specific where you're pitching for a specific purpose. Like if you Google pitching advice right now, a lot of the advice that you're going to see, <clears throat> excuse me, is catered to people who are looking for funding, like for their startup or something. Um, and within that, most of the advice is like how to make your deck look nice or what you need to include in your deck. And those are all very practical pieces of advice and they're great, but they do not guarantee the success of your pitch. You can put in all the right things, but if you don't understand the behavioral aspects of what makes a pitch successful, you just wasted your time building a, a, a nice deck and that didn't convert. Um, like I said, as an art director, this is the primary part of my job. Um, I've pitched a lot over the years and not all of them have been successful, <laughs> but I have a pretty good bop rate, okay? even though some of them have flopped. Um, And pitching just so happens to be like one of my favorite parts of my job. Behavior and like neuromarketing and consumer psychology is something I love in general. So I think that really helped in terms of um, my pitches specifically, but I'm going to spill some of the tea for you because I think everybody needs to know this information Um, And a lot of the reason why most pitches don't land is because they lack the behavioral understanding of what makes them successful. So let's get into it. First things first, I want you to shift your benchmark for success. Right now, when you go into a pitch, most likely what you see to be as success is you got the funding, you got the mentor or the advisor, You got uh, the client, your client picked an idea, if it's like an ad agency pitch, right? Um, the, The photographer that you wanted to shoot this campaign agreed to shoot this campaign, whatever. That's the end goal and that's great, right? There should be a clear ask, 
clear reason as to why you're pitching to, to a specific person and what you want them to help with. However, pitching in reality is just getting somebody excited about your idea. That's actually what it is. Pitching is not, oh, I got the funding, successful pitch. The success actually starts a little earlier in the process. If you're able to get somebody excited about your idea, the bridge to convert them becomes a lot shorter. And the reason for that is because there's a study I like to cite frequently on this show, and it was one that was done in 2017. I can't remember the university off the top of my head, but a study states that 90% of our decisions are made using our emotions. That goes from the people we follow on social media to the people we're friends with to the um, products we buy and ultimately to like the pitches that seem lucrative to us. Usually, it, when, the way that from like a, an audience perspective, the way that you're able to identify a lucrative opportunity is when you start feeling yourself getting excited about it. For example, I've been in several pitches where um, I'll start to see it's it's I've done this for so long that I'll start to like there's a specific look that people make. So like I'll start to see it in their eyes. And the other huge indicator is when people start like taking notes or they'll start like interrupting you and like chiming in with thoughts um, or they start asking questions like in the middle just their tone of voice, their behavior, their attitude, their body language, all of those things can signal to you whether or not somebody is excited about your idea. Um, And excitement basically means that they have identified that this is emotionally valuable to them for a variety of different reasons. It could be that they're the target audience for this idea. It could be that they see... And target audience being like, let's say if it's an investor um, or like a team member that you're hoping to hire, they're like, oh my God, this is a brand I love so much. Like, I wish I had this. That's why I would love to invest money into it because I wish I had it. Um, Or I'd love to work for this company because like, this is such a cool thing that they're doing. If you're pitching an idea, like a campaign idea to a client, usually the emotional value is that they start to picture in their mind the results of what this awesome campaign can bring them how their customers can be really excited from this rollout or, you know, whatever. And again, you'll, you'll see that body language wise and behaviorally, but also at some point they'll tell you, they'll confirm it. They'll say something like, this is really crazy, but, and they'll cite an anecdote for how this idea is something they wish they had. Or they'll be like, oh my God, this is amazing. Like literally imagine when we do this thing, like how people are going to respond on social media, like it's going to be, they're literally going to tell you. So pitching is getting somebody excited about your idea. Once they're excited, converting them into an investor or somebody who can help in other capacities is a lot easier because they're emotionally connected. They've, they feel seen, they feel heard. Okay. And that, that's a win for you too. Cause that means that this is, and this is the second piece of advice. That means that you have pitched your idea to the right person. The right person is, it can be somebody who's your target audience, but it can also be somebody that aligns. Like, let's say if you're hiring creative talent, right? And you're looking for a packaging designer, 
Pitching to a designer who specializes in digital assets, not the right move. Also could be a mutual waste of time, right? But pitching to a packaging designer is smart. Pitching to a packaging designer who has worked in health and wellness because you're a health and wellness brand, that's even better because that could... That means they're like the target audience for the type of project that you're bringing to to their table. If you, let's say, have a granola bar company and you're looking for funding and you're pitching to investors, pitching to an investor who primarily funds luxury fashion could be there a waste of time, right? Mutually. But pitching to an investor who um, supports CPG, food and beverage, health and wellness... That's pretty on brand for the types of companies that they fund and that they're looking to support. So doing your research on the people that you're pitching to ahead of time to see if they're the right fit before you ask for their time is not only practical, but it's also respectful. It shows that you understand that time is our most valuable currency. And if you find that through your research that somebody you wanted to pitch to is maybe not the right fit or is a questionable fit, you could still contact them via like a message or a text or an email and say, you know, I have a granola bar company. I'm looking for investors. I know you primarily fund luxury fashion, um, but I'm curious if you happen to know somebody in like the CPG, food and bev, health and wellness space who is looking for new brands to support. And you could do that without getting them on a call. And chances are, they probably do know somebody that they can connect you to. Like People love feeling needed. They love feeling like there's an opportunity that they could provide help in some capacity. People love to help. So it's very unlikely that they're going to be like, no, I don't know anybody. I don't want to help you, you know? Um, speaking of, of pitching to the right people... This is kind of like a sub bullet point under this. Pitching to people is also understanding how to make this lucrative for them. Again, that's also a huge component as to how you can make them excited about your idea. It's not just about you. Too many people go into a pitch selfishly. They they want money. They want support they want resources they want all these things and if that doesn't happen they're like fail right but you also have to consider that your pitch may not have landed because you didn't do anything to make it lucrative to the person you're pitching to here's an example a couple weeks ago um i was talking to another creative who is looking to expand her skill set or, you know, offer another type of skill set on her portfolio. And I happen to have a project that we could align on that could help her build her portfolio. So I pitched it to her. And my ask was that we basically provide her with portfolio pieces that could then give her a return, not in sense like directly from me and my my project, but give her a return from the sense that by creating a portfolio piece for a real project that she could put on her on her site, that will then convert future clientele who are looking for that same type of service or that same type of project. And 
this person was like, oh my God, you actually like, you listened. Like I, I told you this so like a long time ago and, and this is amazing. Yes. I've been looking for this. I still haven't been able to find somebody. This is so timely. I'm in, I'd love to help. Um, another thing happened recently where I, uh, ha- I have worked with another creative in the past who's like a little newer in the industry and I think she's great at what she does and I think there's an opportunity for her to like expand the type of clientele she works with so I was like hey I have a project from uh, a product-based brand it's not a service provider I know you usually work with service providers would you be open to working with like a product brand on the same in the same skill set that you're already familiar with with doing the, the, your area of expertise, but like applying it to a product brand. And I was like, that can help build a portfolio for you. I don't know if you're interested in something like that. Um, they don't really have a, a huge budget for helping with this type of thing, but let me know if that would be lucrative to you. And she was like, yeah, I would love to, this would be amazing. This would be really helpful. And I'm totally interested in that. I think that could help me get clients in that area. Again, like find what makes this lucrative to somebody. If you're pitching to an advisor and that advisor is like not interested in helping like on a deferred basis or for free and they're really looking for compensation, that's great. Be also respectful of that and tap into them when it is lucrative financially for them to work with you. But if there are people that you want to work with who are looking for portfolio pieces or case studies or whatever, like listen to that. And when you come across a project or something that an idea that you're building out or pitching that could be lucrative and beneficial to them in that sense, pitch it to them. The worst they can say is no, but the answer automatically is no if you haven't asked them, right? So pitching is a is a conversation. It is a mutually beneficial relationship. If it's not mutually beneficial right now, come back later. If it does help both people involved, great. That's wonderful. But it's not just all about you and what you can get out of it. Because at the end of the day, you're hoping to engage someone else as well. Um, the third component of the behavioral aspect that's really, really huge, and I think this is also a a big reason for why most pitches I've seen flop. If you are not confident in or passionate enough about your idea, no deck, no, you know, respectful attitude is going to sell that pitch. Because a great pitch is like a great joke, right? It's only as good as its delivery. So you have to be confident in the idea. You have to be confident that it will work. If you have data or like forecasts or proof of concept or something, that that definitely adds to it. But you have to be confident. Because if you're not confident, there's no reason for an investor or a mentor or a team member or a client to be confident in you. If you are not passionate enough about your idea, we've got to do some rethinking here because you may not be in it for the right reasons. So confidence and passion sell an idea more than really anything else ever will. Um, Again, like I mentioned before, I think I said this before, I've seen a lot of pitches, especially in the ad world, which is what I'm most familiar with, um, where somebody will come into a pitch with like a 
blank ass Google Slides, you know, nothing that super pretty. Um, and they pitch an idea so confidently and so well that they've got everybody sold on it. So if you yourself are not passionate um, about an idea, I would enlist like a co-founder or another team member that's working with you to pitch it instead. You can act as like support or answer questions and be in the pitch. But the person who's passionate and confident has got to be the one pitching the idea. And the other possibility, like I said, is maybe you need to rethink your motive altogether. Um, especially if you don't have another person you can lean on for like that confidence and the passion. But in general, even if you are leaning on somebody else who's more passionate and confident than you, maybe like you also need to assess or rather reassess, like why is it that you're participating in this idea if you don't care about it, you know? So confidence, like bordering delusional sense of confidence (laughs) does wonders for a reason. There's a reason people talk about that, okay? All right, finally, like a couple, you know, deck specific pieces of advice um and this this one right here is also behavioral if you spend too much time on making your deck pretty and if to me it feels like it's a little too pretty that signals to me that you are overcompensating for your idea that either you don't believe in your idea you're not confident in it um or you don't think it's going to work or it's really not that good and it's not worth my time or my resources. There is a a kind of a threshold that you can cross where something starts to feel like too designed, like it starts to feel like a distraction, like the deck feels like a distraction. Um, So, you know, having a nice, simple, well-designed deck is wonderful, but don't push it so far. Spend the majority of your time focusing on how you can communicate your idea, the problem, the solution, the way that, you know, the, the insights, whatever it is that you're looking to involve in, in, include in that deck. Focus on the, the meat of the deck more than, than the wrapping paper, which is the design, okay? Um, that being said, when it comes to copy, this is a very, this is a small thing, but it can make a big difference. Copy is text, by the way, for people unfamiliar. Um, There is such a thing as too much text. It can also kind of show that you're really not that confident in speaking about this idea without relying on like a script, okay? When there's too much text as somebody viewing a pitch, uh, it begins to be a waste of time. And what I start to think is like, why couldn't you have just sent me that? And I could have read it for myself. I don't need you to like audiobook this for me, okay? <laughs> In real time. So include bullet points, include like powerful statements, um, but rely on yourself and your voiceover to really sell the pitch. Again, that's a lot easier to do when you're confident in something and when you're passionate about something. And the other thing is like, and this is the last thing, Anything that you put on a deck, especially when it comes to like text, keep it simple. Like the concept statements literally word them as if you are explaining this to a six-year-old and 
like Albert Einstein said, if you can't explain something to a six-year-old, then you don't know what you're talking about either. So keep it simple. You don't need to overcomplicate it and use like SAT words and really big jargon. Like the simplest form that you can explain this in, that's what's going to help convey the idea to the other person that's looking at it. Um, so those are a couple things about, about the deck itself. Overall, big, big takeaway. Pitching is getting people excited about your ideas. And finally, never assume that your pitch is the first one that somebody has seen. Um, maybe I'm a little bit of a masochist. Maybe I'm a Virgo. Maybe it's Maybelline. I don't know. But I like to like, if I'm pitching to somebody, I'm thinking realistically, they've probably seen like, I don't know, 50 to 100 pitches in their lifetime. I like double that number. I'm like, oh my God, they've probably seen like 200. Um, they've probably seen 400 pitches. They've seen a lot of pitches. I've really got to make this, like, put a little pressure on yourself to, like, make it good. Especially in terms of the delivery of the pitch. Because, like I said, a great pitch is like a great joke. It's only as good as its delivery. I hope this was helpful. Good luck on your next pitch. If you have any questions, you know where to find me. Good luck, y'all. Thanks for tuning in to Kindly Gifted. To support the podcast, please leave a review, share with your friends, and don't forget to subscribe. Make sure you follow me on TikTok at Kate Mob for more creative secrets from the internet's momager. See you on the next episode of Kindly Gifted.